Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When Nazi Germany invaded France in the late spring of 1940, one of its many goals was obvious. Take possession of Renault's factories. The company we know today as a key player in France's automotive legacy had diversified into an agricultural and military powerhouse, insulating it from the death blow of the Great Depression. But to save his company from economic failure, founder Louis Renault had made his fair share of enemies. Even though he refused to produce tanks and military technology for Germany, Renault was jailed by the French government after the war. He'd been accused of collaborating with the Nazis, perhaps, some speculate, because he had made no friends in the French government prior to the war. Like many of the other car companies founded just before the turn of the 20th century, Renault made itself known for its revolutionary innovations, a concept that the company has employed time and time again to varying degrees of success. At the conclusion of World War II, the revolution had gone too far. Louis Renault died in prison protecting the company that bore his name, and the French government took control of the factories that had first been invaded by the Axis powers, then bombed into oblivion by the Allies. But how did three French brothers decide they had a shot in the automotive industry? What was it about Renault's innovative approach to business that keeps it balancing a fine line between success and failure? And how could the company bearing a family name survive so much scandal? In this episode of Pass Gas, we're going to find out as we're talking Renault. Podcast. It's about cars, it's not about ports. 
Reno. Reno. It's what I'm going to do to my house eventually. Reno? Reno? Yeah. Does it need a Reno, Reno? I don't think so. No, I I'm like just it. joking. I just want to make that joke. Paint everything white. Paint all your furniture black. Oh, gray matte cabinets. Yeah. I'm so sick of those things, dude. I was talking to Nolan about this. Please bring it up because it's very interesting. I uh, think the audience could learn a lot. It's So the reason that you see so many people removing like fixtures and yeah. like built-ins built -ins and stuff that makes each house like individual yeah. is because uh, we don't like value taste as much as we used to. And taste doesn't mean preference. Like there's a difference between like taste and preference. Like you yeah. can say like, Oh, I like mid-century modern furniture, but you don't necessarily live in a house that looks good with mid-century modern furniture. So having good taste is like, oh, I live in a craftsman-style house. I need to find stuff that I like, that I think looks good, that fits within yeah. the confines of this architecture. And so the way that people renovate things now is like a direct, uh, uh, like it's caused by like, you know, just blatant consumerism. So yeah. they just remove all features, paint everything white, yeah. put like gray wood floors so you can buy anything off the shelf. And like, you can say like, oh, I like mid-century modern furniture. Or, oh, I like mission furniture. And like anything will fit in there. Yeah. And so like people think that they have taste when in reality they just have preference. And what's, what's mission furniture? Is that like a priest chair? Uh, it's a chair that... <laughs> One chair lays down on its back and the other chair lays <laughs> on top of it and they make eye contact. <laughs> Unbroken eye contact. <laughs> Unbroken yeah. eye contact. Welcome back to Passcast, the number one automotive podcast in the world. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Pomfrey. Uh, let's get a little do drop in here. <laughs> and... <laughs> 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 Little dewdrop in here. <laughs> and Joe He Weber. sounded like Jack Black right there. Thank you. One of my heroes. Yeah, he's great. 100%. Squeaky clean well into his career. You, oh, yeah. you just know he's never going to get canceled. He's never going to get canceled. He's too good. Well, yeah, he's like one of those guys who like, I th like got close enough with the, if you listen to the old Tenacious D yeah. stuff, it doesn't age well, but you're like, I think you satisfied that part of yourself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that, if that's as bad as it gets, we're going to be fine. I mean, yeah, the dude's a movie I star. His entire life is probably, everything is done is available. It's like at uh -huh. this point. Yeah, People, someone would have found something oh by now. Oh my right? god, we just yeah. jinxed it. Jack, <laughs> tomorrow yeah. by the time this airs, Jack no, Black, no. he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good. 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 And that Saint voice Jack. you hear is Saint Nolan Jack. Sykes. Oh, hello, yes, hello again. So let's keep let's, keep, uh, let's do that uh, catchphrase. Yeah, let's that we've do been catchphrase. On. We put you on the spot. Oh, you forgot you had a catchphrase. Uh, uh, that voice you hear is Nolan Sykes. Bleep bloop. Bleep <laughs> Drops in a bucket. Let's go. Let's get a doodrop in here. What happened to give it the goose? I forgot yeah, what kind of goose. like word was at the end because <laughs> I knew I ripped you off with the juice. <laughs> I knew it rhymed with juice, but I didn't no. know what it was. Goose and juice are totally different things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but goose juice is good. Goose Keep juice. it juiced, give it the goose. Like Dude, that's pretty. Honestly, like, you ever roasted a goose? The goose? They got a lot of juice. They yeah. got yeah. a lot of juice. Yeah. A juicy juicy goosey. Juicy goosey. There's still some juice left in that goose. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. 
Yeah, we can squeeze it for all it's worth. There's some juice left in that goose. There's some juice left <laughs> for sure. And as always, everyone's favorite man, Joe Weber. Oh, thanks. Uh, keep it juicy goosey. There's a lot of juice left in that goose. <laughs> Sure. I feel like we could get at least three more intros out of all of us. Everybody's yeah. favorite web slinger, Joe Weber. Yeah. Web, web slinger. slinger. Did anyone nice. ever call That's you that, dude? Sick. Yeah. No. Spider-Man, Joe my, Weber. No. My handle will be... F- the Spi- Spider-Man, Joe Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching Slow Horses? No. There's a really shitty character named Spider-Web. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to ruin it, but that's a great show. Watch great. it, and then when we come back in the new year, we could talk about it. Okay, Gary Oldham, big fan. Yeah. He's fat in it. Is he? He's fat. always loved that. I just watched The Fighter last night. This is crazy. Uh, I had a dream, yeah. a very detailed dream with Christian Bale in That's it last so night. weird. Whoa. The reason I brought yeah. up The Fighter is because he said Gary Oldman's fat. Christian Bale, very skinny in that movie. a lot movie. of yeah. transformations. Yeah. yeah, well known for transformations. That's weird. Dude, Christian Bale's the best actor. He's, okay, I had a thought. I love Keanu Reeves. I'm going to say that oh, a lot. Yeah. Matrix is uh, my favorite yeah. movie. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, iconic in that movie. Yeah. What would the Matrix had looked like if Christian Bale was Neo? Oh yeah, probably better movie. <laughs> insane. Yeah. yeah, I know kung fu. Keanu's a great dude. I wouldn't call him like a great actor. Great performer. Great performer. He can kick and punch very good. I'll give you that. He can. Yeah, I think I'm a really good performer. Not a great actor. I yeah, I haven't seen you. You are a great performer. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I whenever I am shooting something with you, mm-hmm. I'm like. I wish I moved my arms and body that much when I was talking. Oh, know? sometimes I watch myself in videos and I'm like, what am I doing with my hands? <laughs> <laughs> you do that and then you start to do like this. Oh, I do this, yeah. <laughs> Is there like hand training? Is huh? that a thing in LA? Oh, for yeah, sure. There's yeah. everything. Yeah. Man. There's oh. everything. Everything. There's everything. Did you everything ever see gift Zach card Redpath's? idea for anybody in the audience? Yeah. Some hand training yeah, yeah, for yeah. Nolan. Yeah, Nolan needs hand training. Uh, did you ever see Zach Redpath's impression of your walk? Yeah, he nails it. So good, it's and just like so. thought of it on the spot yeah. too. I, I, I wish I had that. One of our too. one of our directors for the YouTube channel, Zach Redpath, uh, has a skill that is only like he can do spot on impressions of all of his friends. And so, like, it's a thing that makes eight people laugh really hard. <laughs> but I like to imagine him, like, having a Netflix special or something. Where he's, like, yeah. he's like, all right, here's how Joe walks. Yeah. <laughs> what you got to know about Joe is that <laughs> yeah, he walks like this. But he nails all of our walks. Yeah. Nails all our walks. Nails all of what our is the, walks. What is, I'm trying to think of the Renault. Well, he badge. nails our walks. Renault badge. But has he ran? No. No. Actually, he runs a lot. Oh, nice. He runs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I run Renault now. right now is like kind of like a right diamond. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Peugeot is a bunch of uh, Deltas. Mm. Which Delta one's shit. the lion? Oh. That's, that's Peugeot as well. Peugeot. That's old, that's old Peugeot. Old Peugeot. Because oh, I, old Peugeot is a cool old, name for a rapper. Old Peugeot. Old What's Peugeot. Up? What's up? Uh, old or, Peugeot and or, wait, Alcatraz Sync. Or the name of like a... Like a really good French crime movie. Old, Old Peugeot. Old Peugeot. Old Peugeot. My pepper grinder finally ate the dust. Dude, I bought a Peugeot pepper grinder years ago and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Citron is the, the Deltas. Yes. I was Peugeot is the confused. Lion. Yeah. yeah. Is the lion. I forgot about Citron. <laughs> All right. With that, 
Let's get into Renault. How about that? Renault. Renault problem with me. All right. As the 19th century came to a close, Alfred and Bertha Renault welcomed six children into the cushy bourgeois world of upper-class Paris. Oh, man. I bet that was awesome. Yeah. The Renaults had earned their fortune manufacturing and selling buttons and textiles, and their sons, Louis, the fourth of six children, inherited that same manufacturing instinct. <laughs> God, imagine. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you can have it. Nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Growing buttons, up. Buttons, buttons. <laughs> button empire. Yeah, button empire. Imagine. <laughs> Growing up, Louis would spend hours tinkering on steam cars or old panhard engines, learning the ins and outs of what makes an engine tick. In 1898, at the age of 21, Louis Renault built his first car with the help of two workmen. After his three-quarter horsepower, two-stroke Don Dion Bouton engine... De Dion Bouton. De Dion Bouton. ...beat out another rudimentary car with a chain drive, Louis secured his first 13 orders, for which he named his... Voyette. 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 I missed that T in the middle there. Voyette. Which means little car in French. It's Voitrouette. Voitrouette. I'll let you guys handle the the French. Because I only know that because that uh, Bugatti had uh, Voiture Noir, I think. It was one of the Chirons. And Voiture, I think, just means car. Cool. Voitrouette. And Voitrouette means car that can't stop cussing. With Louis' engineering prowess and older brothers Marcel and Fernand taking on the business side of things, the family created the Renault Ferrer Company on Jeez, man. February. What? Hopefully, we get all this out of the way before I, I start reading. Shit. Renault Ferrer. Frere. Frere. Renault Ferrer. This is the brothers. Frere this means company. brothers. Whatever. Okay. I'll take it. Thank you. Renault Brothers. Uh, they started that company <laughs> on February 25th, 1899. At the time, Louis was only 22 years old, while Marcel was 27 and Fernand was 35. Ugh, gross. Going into business with your younger brother, 13 years younger than you, but he's like the engineering guy. Yeah, Fernand is like Kevin, and Louis (laughs) is like Nick. Backstreet Boys reference. Oh, I didn't get that. You know, at one point, Nick was like... 12 or 13 years old, I think, and like, and Kevin was 26. Whoa. Wait. Yeah. Kevin? 15 and 26. Is Kevin a Carter? No. No. Kevin the was. boys aren't related. Kevin know, was the one with the uh, braids? No. Who's that? AJ? That's AJ. That's no, AJ. that's Chris. You're thinking of Chris. NSYNC. Oh, God dang it. You guys are so wild. <laughs> <laughs> Their first machine, the Kevin's Re- the one oh, from Backstreet Boys who looks like an uncle. Because he was. Like he was as old as their uncle. And then Nick is Nick Carter. Their first machine, the Renault Voiturette 1CV, was sold to a friend of Alfred Renault. In its first year, the company was already known for innovating. It launched the first ever production sedan, and they patented the first turbocharger. That's pretty insane. That's cool. That's well, cool. it's also contentious, depending on the source, James. Who's this guy? That's AJ. <laughs> I don't know. AJ, Nick, Brian, Brian. Howie, Kevin. Howie. NSYNC is Justin, JC, Chris, Joey. Lance. Lance. Nice. We figured it out. Yep. Great. (laughs) What about 98 Degrees? Oh, my God. It was an era of rapid progress for all things mechanical. And by 1903, Renault began manufacturing its own engines. 
Word spread, and two years later, the Société des Automobiles de Place placed its bets on the company by buying a whole fleet of Renault AG1 cars to use as taxis. By 1907, if you took a taxi in London or Paris, there was a good chance you were riding in a Renault. In 1908, after selling 3,575 cars, Renault became France's largest auto manufacturer. Selling over 3,000 cars was an impressive feat for the era. The smallest and cheapest Renault still cost 3,000 francs at the time, which, for the average worker, was the equivalent of 10 years' pay. Damn. Whoa. You got only 300 francs a year? I guess. I eat way more According than 300 francs a year. <laughs> Only the richest of the rich could afford the hand-assembled Renaults, but demand remained high despite the costs. Like most automotive organizations at the time, promotion was largely done via city-to-city races that were designed to showcase the fact that these specifically designed machines could travel long distances faster than your standard (laughs) horse-drawn carriage. But the endeavor quickly led to tragedy. Here we go. In the 1903 Paris-Madrid race, 31-year-old Marcel Renault was killed in a crash behind the wheel of a 40-horsepower Renault. Louis, who was also known to drive the cars in these exhibitions, retired from racing as a driver but kept his cars active. Three years later, Fernand Renault resigned from the company due to ill health. Uh, He died in 1909 at only age 44. So, in 1906, Louis had taken over full control of the company at only 29 years old. Wow. Within seven years, yeah, well, they're selling. They're the biggest car manufacturer. He's not even. He's like, for sure on the thirty under thirty list. Oh yeah, big time. Oh, for sure point, on right? the thirty under thirty list. <laughs> Louis Renault got to work. He introduced more efficient assembly line manufacturing techniques and visited Henry Ford to refine his craft. He expanded the company, building buses and commercial transportation vehicles. Then, during World War One, he kept the company afloat by manufacturing ammunition military aircraft engines, tanks, and engines designed to be exported to America. The company thrived, and to honor the success of his military designs, the French government awarded Louis Renault with the Legion of Honor. Nice. Bolstered by his company's ability to succeed throughout the stress of World War I, Louis Renault continued to expand and diversify in the interwar period. Suddenly, Renault was no longer just making vehicles. It was also crafting agricultural and industrial machinery, something it absolutely needed to do with the advent of the competing auto manufacturers who were producing cheaper cars. In the build-up to Dub Dub Dub, (laughs) Renault offered eight body styles and two engines, an economy four-cylinder engine, and a luxury six-cylinder model Ooh, baby. for those sexy boys, <laughs> those sexy fringes. Six-cylinder. Yeah, called it the six-cylinder. Nice. A four-cylinder, a four-cylinder, four. and then a six-cylinder. A four-play for cylinder like and then a yeah. six-cylinder. A four-play <laughs> cylinder that gets you ready for the, <laughs> the luxury six-cylinder. <laughs> Luxury sex, huh? Luxury sex. <laughs> Luxury sex. Where you put foie gras on your partner. <laughs> oh, God. It's when you can watch TV at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> when you have sex and get to watch the Avengers. <laughs> Luxury. Babe, B-movies on TBS. <laughs> I'll look at you during the commercials. It's Jerry Seinfeld's only project outside of the show. (laughs) 
We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The company began <laughs> to lag behind the competition. Citroën usurped Ooh. Renault as the largest French automaker thanks to its more innovative machines, but that didn't last long, Citroen. much like me during luxury sex. <laughs> we talked about Citroën a couple, maybe a, a year ago, ago now, yeah. but oh, they yeah. started with gears, so uh, obviously yeah. they're going to have like better machinery at that point. Mm-hmm. Gear freaks. Yeah. In the mid-1930s, France finally began to feel the effects of the Great Depression. While Citroën was forced to file for bankruptcy, Renault was able to insulate itself for several years due to thriving businesses in tractor, railroad, and weaponry production. Renault once again became France's biggest car maker thanks to the sales of family cars like the Monoquatre, the powerful and stylish Vivosport, <laughs> and the ABX line of medium-duty trucks. I took a medium duty this morning. Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. I'm waiting for the other Out shoe to it. drop. <laughs> <laughs> but this era was brought with its first omens of disaster. Uh-oh. Between 1936 and 1938, the French auto industry was rife, mat rife, with labor disputes, <laughs> strikes, and worker unrest, a problem that Renault solved by firing 2,000 union workers in 1938. And giving everyone chin implants. Giving everyone chin implants. The move earned Louis his fair share of political enemies, and even though the company refused to produce tanks for Nazi Germany after France surrendered, 
There was little he could do as the Axis powers took over his factories to produce other kinds of equipment for the war effort. Hmm. That also set those factories up as prime targets for the Allies. Both British and American forces tried to lay waste to the largest factory at Bilancourt. Just a few weeks later, after Paris was liberated, Renault reopened the Bilancourt factory, but he was faced with massive amounts of opposition. The fired Renault workers were still angry, and the tumultuous post-liberation government added to the strife. Oh, you guys are still angry? I thought you would, like, get over it by now. I thought you'd get over it because of the war. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And just a few weeks after Biancourt opened, France's provisional government accused Louis Renault of collaborating with the Germans. Renault's lawyers told Louis to immediately appear before the judge who held him at friend's prison. That's f- almost four letters that you don't pronounce in that yeah. seven-letter word. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> almost exactly one month later, Louis Renault died in his jail cell while waiting for trial. Damn. Though he was allegedly ill when he was incarcerated, no cause of death was ever actually determined. Hmm. He was 67 years old. Dang. Dang, dude, that lawyer's Dumb. <laughs> Look, uh, just looking into it a little bit. Uh, so Vichy France, the yeah. puppet government that uh, the Nazis installed in France during World War II, actually uh-huh. used Renault light tanks that were designed in World War One to fight against the Allies when the Allies were invading Morocco and Algeria. So it's well, not even Louis' fault at all. Well, I mean, allegedly. I uh, that's according to Rick Atkinson, Ar- an army at dawn, the war in North Africa. I uh, love that's that very song interesting. He does. Never gonna give you. A- <laughs> <laughs> I got Rick, Rick Atkinson. <laughs> Damn it! With the Renault family gone, the French government took control of the company, putting oh my god, La, La Fauchette. Oh boy, here we go. Okay, with Fauchette, put a guy named Pierre La a former French resistance leader who had experience in both management and engineering, in charge of the company during the war. Lafaucheux had worked to oppose the Nazi regime through a series of underground networks that conducted guerrilla warfare against the enemy. Ew, ew. He was arrested by the Gestapo and imprisoned in the Buchenwald concentration camp in 1940, where he was rescued by Marie-Hélène Postalvonet, who he would later marry. Nice. I've got to hear that story. That sounds I dope. know. His- I want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, that Marie is played by Emma Stone. <laughs> And Le Fauchot. Yeah, my uh, Marie Cotillard. Yeah. Because she has to use a French accent a little bit. <laughs> I think she's... That was good, dude. Yeah, that was That really was good. a really good Marie Cotillard. Yeah. No, stay down here with me. <laughs> Talk. Stay Talk down now. here with me forever. <laughs> it's Inception. I got I know. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know any forever. names of any characters in any Christopher Nolan film besides Batman. What about Two Face? Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Never heard of him. Where, Where is he? Where <laughs> is he? The Riddler. The Rizzler was not in it. The Rizzler. <laughs> the Rizzler. <laughs> um, Pierre's wartime bravery had Scarecrow. Made Scarecrow. Nikola Tesla was a character in a Nolan movie. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh. The Prestige. Yeah, it was um, Walken. No, it was uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? I watch all my movies on mute. Because you're doing luxury sex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Pierre's wartime bravery had made him a hero in post-war France. Pierre's wartime bravery is the name of a band. That's sick as hell. Pierre's wartime bravery. (laughs) 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 One of Renault's first models back in the production game was the rear engine for CV, which Louis Renault had developed in secret during World War II. This is a car I know. The small vehicle was a success, performing admirably against competition like the Morris Minor and the Volkswagen Beetle. Between 1946 and 61, the car sold over half a million models. Yeah, it sounds like my Rolodex. (laughs) Half a million models. (laughs) Despite the success, France's Ministry of Industrial Production desperately wanted Renault to only make trucks, something that Lafaucheau adamantly refused. You make trucks! At the time, the government had taken control of the automotive industry and had determined the kinds of vehicles that each automaker could build as a way to reduce economic competition after World War II, and Renault was assigned the truck market. Lafaucheau, however, wanted his company to succeed, and because he was a celebrated war hero, the government couldn't really tell him none. No, <laughs> you don't... You Whatever, don't pronounce dude. that extra in on I'm there. trying here, man. You are. It's I cute. took Spanish in high school and I got C's. I had to retake <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I got C's. Yeah. Instead, Lafaucheau over. I would actually really love to learn French. Anyway. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Instead. Oh, yeah. 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 Totally useless in your day to day. It would yeah. be very impractical. Yeah. But unless but you go down I wouldn't mess Guyana. up these p- simple pronunciations. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> Lafaucheau oversaw the development of the Dauphine, ooh, which helped the company gain a foothold in Africa and North America. Lafaucheau died in 1955, but the subsequent launch of the Renault 4 and Renault 8 bolstered the company, making Renault a key player in the international market. A key this- player, just like... Henry Connick Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great reference. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, is this Dauphine rear engine? I couldn't see it being rear engine. Look at the the the, the, the hood looks too long. It's rear engine. Those tires are so small. Yeah. And they make me think it's fun. Probably is amazing. I was thinking that, that like, we have a bunch of cars with like big old meaty tires. Yeah. And like even my car, I put big meaty tires mm-hmm. on it. I was thinking how fun it would be to be have a car with little tires, tires the other day. Around. Yeah. I want to do an open wheel racer, like an old Lotus or something on those yeah. little thin tires. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just one, give me one lap. Give me one lap. Give, give me, me show lap. my stuff. Yeah, we put those uh, <laughs> crazy hundred year old wheels on the Miata that one time. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that totally like, uh, even though it's not an old car or whatever, but like seeing the wheels turn when yeah. you turn the wheel, Pretty like cool. in my brain, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, I get I get why guys like to drive those old yeah. cars. And ever since then, I've like really wanted to drive one of these old race cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After uh, Pierre Lafaucheau died, a French, another guy named Pierre, a French civil servant named Pierre Dreyfus, taken over uh, the company. And the designs he saw were directly inspired by the successful Dauphine and the 2CV. I saw a pink 2CV in France and I was over there. It was sick. Oh, that's, that's cool. Cute. Yeah, it was cool, man. Dude, was the Pink Panther driving it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like animated in real life. Wow. And I was like, this is impossible. Who is the guy who played Pink Panther? What was that guy's name? Peter Sellers. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Was, cool, it would have been dude. better if I said it was Peter Sellers driving yeah. it. Oh. Also, didn't. Uh, it was it really Peter Sellers? Yeah. I just. 
What? Go, dude. You made that up? No, I was like, a, guess. I guess. It was like huh. an 80% guess. Didn't Steve Martin play him? He did. In the, yeah. It was, it was, uh, uh, it's not a great movie, but there is a scene where he's trying to pronounce hamburger yeah, that yeah. I've watched like 1,500 times. <laughs> 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 Ham. Ham. After. Bill. Gur. Yeah. Hamburger. Hello. <laughs> love that Steve Martin, dude. Dude, I love that Steve Martin. Yeah. Only Murders in the Building. Pretty good. Born Standing Up. Is it great really? book. Oh, Born Standing Up. I read it on the toilet. Born Standing Up's a great, great. It's book. a really good book. I made you read that, right? No, I read that when I was like 14. Mm, I didn't know you back then. No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid, read this book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after the 2CV came the Rear Engine 10, the Upmarket 16 Hatchback, the Small 6, and the Conservative 12. The latter of which blew the doors off the competition. I Baby. like that 12. The 12 looks like a B. Uh, oh, that thing's sick. It looks like something a character in like a Illumination Films character uh, movie would drive. Mm-hmm. Dude, imagine that thing just dumped on some wide 13s. Dude, everything. AI Don't. has ruined everything for me. I look at pictures wow. and I'm like, stop oh. looking at AI anime girls then. Yeah, quit. I'll stop when I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) In January of 1970, Renault, which was headed by Pierre Dreyfus, celebrated the 25th anniversary of its nationalization with a massive landmark. It was the first year the company produced over 1 million cars in a single year, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's a ton of rides. That's so many cars in one year. That's a massive amount of rigs. Think of how much mining has to go on just to produce that much metal. Wow. Really puts it into perspective. A lot of times we don't think about the supply chain. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) And now you're coming around on imperialism now? (laughs) Ah, yeah. It's sick. (laughs) (laughs) You've been trying to convince me forever. (laughs) But I'm finally starting to see your point. Imperialism seems cool. Sick. I mean, we got the ships. (laughs) At that point, Renault was almost too big to fail. The introduction of the cheap and fuel-efficient Renault 5, which we've covered a lot on our YouTube channel and I think in this podcast, in 1972, hit just before the 1973 energy crisis, when the demand for fuel-efficient vehicles jumped through the roof. Paired with the family-friendly Renault 18 and the luxurious Renault 20, the French automaker found further footing in Southeast Asia and headed out to Australia. Hmm. Isn't it weird that, uh, dude, this one rules. Dude, the Renault 20 looks like a four-door Scirocco. Should we all get Renaults? Yeah. Yeah, dude. 2024, it's, it's Renault's year, baby. Why are you guys producing so many fewer videos? We know none of us can make it to work. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> <real>. <laughs> Dude, look on the... Uh, Ooh, dude, the 18 looks sweet. Uh, yeah, or the 20. Yeah, the 18's sick. The 18 looks like a little Jetta. Uh-huh. I love that. It's awesome, but look on look at the door handles on the 20. Dude, that people listening in their cars are just punching down. air right now. They are upside No, that's some French Genius. shite right there. Like those get so rusty talk, from water say, oh, that's sitting sick. in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine water getting in there and mm-hmm. then freezing. Mm-hmm. Guess where it's not going to freeze? In Australia right now because it's summer there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ah. The 70s were a decade <laughs> of acquisitions for Renault. It acquired a controlling stake of automobiles Alpine 
a racing company that got its start outfitting Renault for CVs for competition. Hmm. Renault also picked up a collaborative partnership with Nash Motors Rambler. Oh. Which became American Motors Corporation. Yeah. Or AMC. Yeah. The Romneys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His dad, George. Yeah. The car guys, not the movie theater guys. And then subsequently bailed AMC out of bankruptcy. Remember, we did a whole two-part series on the assassination mm-hmm. of the president of AMC. Oh, or yeah. Of Renault AMC. Yeah. yeah. By that French anarchist group. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Remember? Months ago. I remember. Or that was like that was like a year and a half ago. It was like ago. four years ago. Yeah, it's like two years ago. It's like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It established Dasha as a subsidiary, then forged technological agreements with Volvo, Peugeot, and enabled all three companies to share familiar pieces of technology until Peugeot acquired Citroën and became PSA. Whoa. Renault also bought into Mack Trucks in hopes of breaking into the American market after its investment with AMC failed to pay off. It was a whirlwind time for Renault, which could have been seen as flailing in its attempts to become a key player in the international automotive stage. That partnership made me think of the engine that they used in the DeLorean, the RPV engine. PRV. It's I'm listening. Peugeot, Renault, Volvo. Oh. Yeah. That's what PRV stands mm-hmm. for. It's like a crappy V6. So it's not Perv. It's not yeah, the Perv motor. Perv. Perv. No. Not perv we're not talking motor. about sex cylinder engines no. yet anymore. But there were plenty of things for the company to be proud of. Renault led the field in turbocharging engines. The Renault, a space minivan. Oh, dude, this thing. It is a space. It has a lot of space. Yeah. It has a lot of space. <laughs> I remember we we wrote, it was, it was like a D-list where we talk about this van. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned was, this van in like one of every five videos in yep. the first two years yeah. of this channel. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, that was like a phase where we were making a lot of jokes about mispronouncing mm-hmm. cars. And you called it the espache. Espache, <laughs> yeah. baby. And people were so pissed in the comments. <laughs> hey, let's it is bring it back. Not espache, yeah. it is the Renault space. Espache minivan was one of the first <laughs> of its kind and remained the well-known minivan in Europe for decades. The second-generation Renault 5 built on the small car's legacy, while the Renault 9 took home the European Car of the Year award, and the 25 became the most luxurious of the brand's offerings. Ugh, what a wild-looking car. Yeah, that's a weird one. What's it look like, the gentlemen? It's oh. got BBSRSs on it. It's pretty cool. It looks like uh, Cosworth. I love this era look of European design. Look at this C-pillar. The C-pillar is like two feet thick. Two feet thick. <laughs> blonde as hell. Two feet thick and blonde as hell. <laughs> He's two feet thick and blonde as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's so blonde. I like them two feet thick and blonde as hell. <laughs> two feet thick. How big is that? 24 inches wide. Oh, I thought you meant like depth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is square. Yeah. She's two over foot square. square <laughs> and blonde as hell. Boom, boom. <laughs> 80 cubic feet a woman <laughs> how many cubic feet are you <laughs> I don't want to know there's just one problem as the 80s approached Renault's quality 
began to decline. Uh-oh. And no matter how great a company's cars seem on the surface, they actually have to hold up under daily use conditions to maintain a brand's legacy. It was time for Renault to shake things up. Oh, man. Let's go. Let's go, LF Gizzle. Yeah, but before we get to Renault's modernization, guys, we have to touch on one big part of the company's legacy, motorsports. Motorsports. Ever since Louis and Marcel Renault decided to market their vehicles in city-to-city racing events, the Renault name branded performance machines in all sorts of motorsports throughout the company's history. So that was like the first thing they did, so right away. Yeah. From winning the 1925 Monte Carlo Rally with the 40 CV or or taking victory at the very first French Grand Prix, the company has dipped its toe in just about every form of four-wheeled competition imaginable. But things didn't get serious until 1958, when Renault appointed a man named Amadi Gordini to the head of its performance division. Gordini had been involved in motorsports for decades, earning himself the nickname the sorcerer. Sick. Whoa, about as good as they come for yeah. his ability. I mean, that is an that's honor. That's, that's really good. The sorcerer? Yeah. Wow. No matter what industry yeah. you're in, if people call you the sorcerer, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Uh, my dentist is a sorcerer. Whoa. <laughs> He's really good. Yeah. Um, he was nicknamed the sorcerer for his ability to transform a seemingly basic vehicle into a race-winning performance machine. I think I, like, I think I like Gordini a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Gordini, more like Hornini for his booty. What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. At Renault, Gordini was able to pair his technical prowess with the French company's massive appeal, where he helped develop performance versions of Renault's production cars, including the iconic Renault 8 Gordini. look at this car. Dude, I got to check out this Renault 8 Gordini. Oh, Oh, baby. baby. So it's got four headlights. Yeah. It looks like, I would say, like like a a French 2002. Yeah. French 2002 or like Alfa Romeo. Uh Uh-huh. I love this car. So this car kicked off the company's explosive debut onto the rally scene with Gordini and Alpine-tuned Renaults dominating the 1950s and 60s. When the World Rally Championship was officially formed in 73, Alpine took that season's overall victory. All of this led to the 1976 founding of Renault Sport, the company's dedicated motorsport division, which it formed between Renault, Gordini, and Alpine. Here, the focus turned to the development of competitive endurance racing and Formula One cars. In 1977, Renault joined the F1 grid with the first ever regularly used turbo engine. The following year, it won the 24 Hours of Le Mans. One year after that, Renault scored their first victory in an F1 Grand Prix, fittingly at the dijon Prenois track in France. Did I get that one right? Yes. dijon Prenois. Yes. Yeah. Cool. 
Renault departed F1 as a manufacturer in 1985, only to return four years later as an engine supplier. There, Renault really hit their stride, taking five drivers and six constructors' championships between 92 and 97 with the teams that supplied both Williams and Benetton. A works Renault team returned to F1 again in 2000, this time at its most powerful. In 2005 and 2006, Renault finally secured both the drivers' and constructors' championships with driver... Fernando Alonso. Nice. And and today, the team competes in F1 still as Alpine. They are not very competitive as of late. (laughs) Yeah. Modern motorsports fans will also likely know that Renault has backed some single-seater series series. on the F1 ladder. That's hard to say. Including Formula Formula Renault and Formula Renault 3.5. Those two championships served as a proving ground for future F1 champs like Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, and Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. It also dipped its toe into the electric Formula E series as both a works team and chassis supplier for everyone on the grid until 2018. Do you know what's, what Cyril is up to lately? Cyril Abitable? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. He's former Renault team principal. He was yeah. fired. Yeah. And then was it? Uh, that was the same year that Danny Rick jumped shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I don't know what Cyril's up to. I liked him a lot on Drive to Survive. I oh, you know who took character. over was like... Uh, Rally. Oh, that's right. A rally uh, guy. Oh, shit. I don't know what his name is. Cyril yeah. Abitable. Back to the 80s. Renault entered the decade in turmoil. By 1984, it was hemorrhaging 1 million francs hmm. a month, and the government installed businessman Georges Bessie as chairman. Bessie's job was to trim the metaphorical fat, which he did by chopping investments in motorsport. That's when they left F1. Laying off employees and selling most of the company's non-automotive assets. Okay. All the staplers, get rid of them. (laughs) We will stack our paper neatly. No need for a binding. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about George Besse at length in a two-part episode a few years ago. Uh, number 31 and number 32. That was a long time episodes. So long Time is really flowing. Anyway, by. this dude almost got assassinated. No, he did get assassinated. He got assassinated. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> by 1986, Renault's debt was halved, and Bessé was murdered by the radical communist group Action Directe. <laughs> That's how you say it. Sure. The group initially claimed it was because Bessé had laid off so many Renault workers and caused many people to suffer as a result. But the two women who were charged with his murder, Natalie Menignon and Joël Albron, denied that was the reason. He was replaced by Raymond Levy, who continued Bessie's wishes by selling AMC to Chrysler in order to make Renault a stable asset once more. Things began to radically transform in 1990 when Renault strengthened its partnership with Volvo. Basically, Renault is allowed to utilize Volvo's expertise in building more luxurious cars, while Volvo could draw on Renault's success at building cars for the lower-end market. That's a good partnership. Good partnership. The partnership allowed Renault to totally transform itself. Gone were the days of the numbered Renaults, which were quickly replaced by named machines. Mm. The Renault 5 was replaced with the Clio which was one of Europe's best-selling cars throughout the 1990s. Then came the Twingo, 
The first city car designed to be a multi-purpose vehicle. Well, there's a bunch of sumos on top of this Twingo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or to have reconfigurable seating arrangements. Even though it was only built for left-hand drive markets, it sold almost 2.5 million models across Europe as a whole. Then came a massive change. The national status of the company had been presenting issues for ages. So in July of 1996, the government agreed to privatize the company. Mm. All at once, Renault could continue its international expansion in full force in places like Eastern Europe and South America. But it couldn't go all out just yet. Renault President Louis Schweitzer decided to hand plenty of responsibility over to his deputy, a man named Carlos Ghosn. Oh, I was going to ask. This is timing out to mm-hmm. be the Ghosn era. Who had such a wild impact on the automotive world that he has his very own past gas episode. It's a good one. 114. Go check it out. It's insane. It's He's so still good. alive. Yeah. He's chilling. He's chilling. We yeah. made videos. We've made a bunch of videos about this guy on our YouTube channel. Made Lebanon a, has a non-extradition policy, so he's chilling. With let's just say he snuck his. out of Japan in a box. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Goen had a big task between 1998 and 2000. He had to cut the workforce, standardize vehicle parts, and totally change production processes all while pushing to totally revamp the organization and release new models at the same time. They call him Le Cost Killer. Le Cost Killer. Then on March 27, 1999, came the Renault-Nissan Alliance, the first automaker crossover of its kind. Renault bought a 36.8 stake in Nissan, while Nissan nabbed a 15% non-voting stake in Renault which united the companies but allowed Renault to continue to operate as its own separate entity. Then Renault went on to buy a 51% stake in Dasha and nabbed a controlling stake in the Samsung Group's automotive division. What? Heading into the 21st century, it looked like Renault had set itself up to take on the world. I didn't know about the Samsung thing. That is very interesting. What cars does Samsung make? Uh, Batteries. Oh. That'd be very very useful. They make batteries. They make batteries, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> also, I looked into Cyril Abitable, what he's doing now. He's now the head of motorsport over at Hyundai. Oh, like the end oh. division? No, like Not motorsport. The, just motorsport, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. Good for him. <laughs> Keeping it moving. Yeah. The start of the new century gave Renault a chance to continue to revamp its lineup with the vehicles, including the Megane and Laguna, which debuted with some absolutely wild and innovative designs. The 2000 Laguna was the second car in Europe to have a keyless entry and ignition system, while the Megane became Renault's most successful vehicle. The company also revitalized its quality image from decades past, establishing a reputation for safety as well as a distinct style. In 2010, I liked the way French cars look. They're very funky. They look like they're from another yeah. another continent, if you will. The thing about French cars, though, is like they're all so limited in horsepower mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, that's cool. But they like 35, 40 different cars have the same amount of but horsepower. Dude, when you're driving around France, the roads are so narrow. And like, oh, OK, cane, here we go. The, the, the this is uh, so twisted. I lived like, in France speech. I went there for a week. Uh, <laughs> but like 
You don't need a million horse. There's no interstates. I know. I'm just saying, like, if I were to buy one here mm-hmm. or something. Oh, yeah. Like, it would be a little weird. Cool. Yeah. I have 142 horsepower. Yeah. That'd be like a Miata. Yeah. Uh, in 2010, the Renault-Nissan Alliance announced a partnership with Daimler, allowing Renault and Mercedes-Benz to swap engines and to develop a replacement for Daimler's smart brand, so the little smart cars. Smart cars. Smart cars. And then things got crazy, guys. In 2017, <laughs> Renault was one of many automakers accused of cheating diesel emissions, and German car club ADAC proved that popular vehicles like the Espace exceeded European emissions limits by more than tenfold. That following year, Carlos Ghosn was arrested for underreporting his salary, and Renault traded shares fell. Uh, their stock went down. The company only just seemed to be getting its stability back when the COVID-19 pandemic rocked the industrial world, causing Renault to eliminate about 10% of its entire workforce. They just straight up killed everybody. It garnered criticism again when it was slow to cease its Russian operations after the country invaded Ukraine. Renault has more than earned its place in automotive history thanks to its dedication to innovation and its persistent efforts to push through the chaos. Now, Renault is looking ahead, trying to divine the future of the automotive industry and hedge its bets on a new direction, an electrified direction. The company has hinted at spinning off its EV models under a separate company, it has tentatively named Ampere, and it's a terrible name. <laughs> terrible Isn't name. that like a unit? Yeah, unit? but like, oh, yeah, I got my new Ampere. Yeah, you don't know how to say it. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. I would I would pick Ohm. Ooh. Oh, Ohm's good. Ohm's good. Yeah. I, dro- I drove my new Ohm yeah. to work today. Drove my Ohm home. It's better. Huh? <laughs> got my Ohm in my home. Uh, they're also planning on coming back to the American market in 2025 when it will introduced the Renault 5 EV. It wants to partner with Geely, a Chinese automotive company, to help grow and diversify the Renault brand. That would make sense with the Volvo ties. Mm-hmm. Volvo is owned oh, by yeah. Geely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rekindle an old friendship with the Volvo. There you go. Even for all the transfers of ownership and the battles that the oh. French automaker has overcome, it has always held on to one thing, the Renault name. But Renault's future goals seem to be taking it further and further away from the legacy first assembled by the brothers. And whether this latest revolution succeeds or fails is a question we won't be able to answer without a look into a crystal ball, which we don't have anymore. Great job, Nolan. (laughs) Only time can tell. I'm pondering my orb all the time. Yeah, man. Way to trade our orb. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. We got some listener mail. uh, This is from Alex (laughs) SC. Uh, Big fan of the show. Hey, guys. Big fan of the show. And I listen to every episode on Monday morning up here in sunny Quebec, Canada. Hey, all right. The birthplace of fries, gravy, and cheese curds, a.k.a. poutine. All caps. Another great thing to come from here is... Guy Villeneuve <laughs> is Guy Villeneuve, one of the greats who could have won a championship but respected team orders and was said to be like a son to Mr. Enzo. He died before his time and had a great story. Also, his son won an F1 championship in the 90s, beating another one of the greats, Michael Schumacher. Wasn't it Jacques? Yeah. Nice. Nice pull, So Joe. please make an episode for the one and only Guy. The Canadian GP track is named after him, and he has one hell 
of a story. He just ate poutine all the time. Yes, I can help with the Prince pronunciation. Yes, I can help with the French pronunciation of stuff. Nice. Wink emoji. We could have used you. Where were you yeah. earlier today? <laughs> yeah, we were struggling. Thanks, today, Alex. Damn. Where were you? We're <laughs> saying all the words wrong. We'll definitely have an episode for. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, the, that's, yeah. That's we actually good. mentioned it in our Slack channel, uh, our ide- ideation channel. Yeah, so, so it's uh, our idea. It's not your idea yeah, anymore. No, it's coming. So uh, keep your uh, ears peeled for that, there, Alex. Ew! What? That's a gross visual. If you want to get in contact with the show, hit us up at passgas at donutmedia.com. We'd love to read your email on air as long as it's uh, interesting and uh, yeah. passes Christina's screening, basically. Yeah, no, interesting and not problematic. Yes. And check out uh, B-Movie on TBS yeah. all this week. <laughs> B-Movie on TBS. Somehow we get residuals yeah, from that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty weird. <laughs> Mr. Seinfeld's very charitable with that. Uh, yeah. Follow James at James Pumphrey. Mm. Follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. Big thank you to our writer this week, Elizabeth Blackstock, and our producers, as always. We got Christina Felski. We got Gavin Kinzel. We got Nick Giamuso behind the cameras. And we got you listening every week. Thank you so much. Tell a friend. Let's grow this show even more. Oh, we're cooking up a new podcast for you guys right now. Uh, it's more of like a, a news show. It's on the slow cooker. It's on the slow cooker right now. By the time it hits your lips, it'll be fall off yeah. the bone. That's right. It, we're slow cooking it right now, but we're going to put it in the oven to like, hit crisp it, with, it up. Crisp it up. Yeah. yeah. Really finish it off yeah. nicely. So keep your ears uh, open for that. We'll see you next time. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.